Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Saturday Draft Live, the number one show on all of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet's back catalogue. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to us on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, and all good podcasting sites. Now that the bits and pieces are out of the way, allow me to introduce myself. My name is David Hockney. I am one of the four co-hosts here on Saturday Draft Live, if I haven't already mentioned, is the number one show on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet's back catalogue. And I am joined today by... Somebody who I've been doing a lot of shows with lately, predominantly uh, covering for Ross McLeod and his central shows. So, and I'm very pleased to have him here today on what is, if I haven't already mentioned, the number one show here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. It is Mr. Number 44 himself, Scott McLeod. Scott, how are you? I'm doing very well, David. I'm happy to be on what I didn't know until you mentioned it. Not once, not twice, but thrice just there. <laughs> the number one show on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet that I did draft live. But yes. We've, we've spent far too much time together the last couple of weeks. We did two episodes of Central together. We did the wrestling mixtape together. And now we're doing this. Dave, you're smothering me. I need my space. <laughs> uh, well, you just you quite rightly mentioned our latest feature show, the wrestling mixtape. It's a new concept we've been testing. You know, we, will, we look at some of our favorite or least favorite matches from wrestling folklore. And we essentially review them. So make sure you check that out on our back catalog. And make sure you comment on our... Uh, community page on Facebook, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. We'd love to hear any and all feedback that you have to offer. But Scott, I think we need to focus on the important things here. And this is our fantasy draft, Saturday draft live here. And going straight into the top three, it looks like we're going to have to do a bit of damage control here because coming at number three of the top three this week is Bailey on 14 points. Now, I recall during the first draft selection show following the end of the last season, I think that Bailey and Damage Control were going to be certainly be ones to watch. And I mean, the proof is in the pudding with, you know, Bailey currently sitting at 64 points in the season overall. And she scored 14 points this week, having a having one over Raquel Gonzalez on SmackDown and also making multiple appearances across Raw as well. Like, how do you think Bailey's comeback has fared, given that she's been out for best part of a year? Well, it's done well for me, given that she is my captain still. She's pretty much helping keep my team afloat at this stage, given that my tag team got suspended. Uh, my other female pick, Zoe Stark, is doing God knows what to Got a while on NXT this week, but that's the most she's done in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Bailey's still proving to be a wise choice, and hopefully Extreme Rules is where it really pays off, where she hopefully takes that title from, uh, from Bianca Belair. But yeah, I like that she's kind of only sporadically wrestled. You know, I think she's only had three matches since she's come back. She wrestled Aaliyah in a singles match. She's now wrestled Raquel in a singles match. And she wrestled the six-woman tag at Clash at the Castle. Which, and she's won every match she's been in so far. So definitely mm-hmm. bringing her back strong. Uh, like I said, it was clear that either all three of them were going to go very highly. And I think Bailey's always a contender for that women's title, which is why I made sure to pick her and uh, put the captaincy on her. I think mm-hmm. the only surprise in the damage control situation is one I've, I've mentioned multiple times already. It's just that I assumed that when this happened, that it was going to be a case of she gets picked as a singles and the other two get picked as a tag team. But obviously that didn't happen. But they still, 
the uh, the three of them all occupy the top three spaces in the overall like rankings of the season. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I'm glad you brought that up because the rest of Damage Control, Eosky and Dakota Kai, are sitting uh, joint first this week on 17 points apiece after becoming women's tag team champions. And Dakota also posting on Twitter that she's now celebrating her longest title reign in WWE thus far, which is quite <laughs> quite quite hilarious because if you recall, she's only been a two-time NXT women's tag champion and both of those reigns had a combined reign of about three days. So, I mean, congrats on Dakota for getting a long title reign. But again, this comes back to the point, you know, Damage Control arrived at SummerSlam and I'm genuinely sure. Sh- I remember saying on the first show, I'm genuinely shocked that EO and Dakota weren't picked as the tag team because these two are running rampant at the minute. And but the rest of the all of Damage Control, you know, are sort of standing out individually because EO Sky is currently on 69 points, nice. Uh, whilst Dakota Kai is sitting at the top of the table this season on 73. So, and I think we, that falls down to Dakota having a bit more singles competition as opposed to um, EO and Bailey, but. But the captaincy applied to all three of them as individuals. I mean, it's it's no surprise that they're they're leading the charge for this season. Yeah, yeah, the captaincy always plays a part uh, in that, and like some of the top like scorers of the season, uh, along with the fact of how regularly they appear. I think, like you said, yeah, Dakota's had a singles match. Like she had one very early on in Damage Control's run. I don't think he usually had much of any singles matches. Which I think is why there's a, a slight point difference between her and Dakota, and also Bailey's slightly lower than them because they've actually appeared. Like I said, she's had less matches than they have, and mostly, mostly she's like with them. So, you know, it's only a minor difference, but it's still hell of a hell of a showing from each of them. I think you know if you did take them as a tag team, there wouldn't be much difference. I think you'd have the same points that that Io has the 69 points if you had them as a tag team because obviously they're they're always together, they're always teaming together. And mm-hmm. they're on the same point average for this week, which is 17 points each uh, for their appearances and winning the tag team titles. Also, an interesting fact, we don't mention it often, but they are little top five newcomers that we have here in the sheet, which is usually people who either haven't been picked before or haven't been picked as a singles pick in a long time. And the top two uh, and the top five newcomers right now are yep. Dakota and EO, respectively. Uh, the, other th- the other three in the top five, in case you're interested, are Roman Reigns, Swerve and Our Glory, and Pac. Yeah, I might you said the those two as top five newcomers, you know, the two Ryans, you know, straight off the mark. And they're they're winning that. They're ahead of the, the other three by quite a considerable margin. And that's reflected in the top 10 as well, because damage control is 18 points ahead of the next person down, which is Drew McIntyre sitting in fourth place with 46 points overall. So yeah, and, and, and in the top five, like I said, uh, like. He was on 69, as we said. Roman Reigns, I said, is number three in the top five newcomers, is on 35 points. Mm. Obviously, he's doing how infrequently Roman appears. And really, he's only had one match of note this season, which is the match against Drew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's only like a, a four-point separation between the remaining six in the top ten. You know, you've got Bobby Lashley on 39, Usos on 38, Gunther on 37, Seth Rollins 36, and Reigns and Moxley both on 35 respectively. So it's it's quite a tight race at the, the bottom of the, the top ten season, but damage control again, you know, leading the charge here. But that's uh, that's the damage control all taken care of. Let's move on to the, the leaderboard now. So once again, sitting at the bottom of the table is 68.5 points. Uh, sort of nice <laughs> is Andy Mitchell with Vince McMahon's financial advisor next we have Gary on 88 points with Team Viscera next we have Grant McRobbie 101 points What the Funaki 
in eighth place. Then it's you, Scott. Uh, you're sitting on 112 points with Ding Dong Cowboy Shit. We mm-hmm. have our Listeners League winner in sixth place, Dan Axel Jameson, 114 points with the Balls of Jericho. Not too bad for a, a Listeners League uh, graduate moving up to the big leagues, but you know he's still got a long way to go before he even thinks about sniffing the, the glory that is the number one winning spot. But into our top five, we have Stephen Wilson with the Wilson Wankers on 118 points. Next, we have a tie for third place. It's between Ryan Gallagher and Ross McLeod, each on 125 points. So Ryan, North men, South men, comrades all, and Ross with the full-bodied Bordeaux. And just one point ahead of them is the work experience boy, Ryan Dalgleish, with Ryan's Redeemers on 126 points. So a very, very hot contest for second place here. But once again, leading the charge, someone who's very rarely seen anything but first place in the past couple of seasons is Jack Graham, 152 points. So 26 points uh, gap there. The three-time Kings of Drafting. Scott, could we potentially see him being a four-time Kings of Drafting, first back-to-back winner and first to win from drafting in last place? It is close. You know, it's it's hard to believe that he's already like dummy in this season as well. But I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, I think we... We kind of overlooked the importance of the singles champions that he picked right off the bat. You know, Gunther and Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there are those among us who are open for a Seth Rollins win on Raw because hopefully you thought that would slow him down a little bit. But I don't think I'd uh, I wouldn't hold my breath too much on that one. I think it's a case of he has quite a few champions on his you know list here. You know, Bobby's been defending weekly. Mandy, Katana, and Chance and Gunther had big defenses uh, the other weekend with Clash and World Collide. So I think it's a case of when we, when the first one of those four to lose a title, if that happens at any point in the next couple of weeks, that's when you see if Jack can hold on to that lead. Uh-huh. And what's also quite interesting is I've been looking at the weekly scores this week and Jack and Ross, who are first and third place respectively, only got nine points this week from their teams, whereas you and the two Ryans all scored above 20 this week. So... And that's made a huge difference to to Ryan's team, for sure, because I think he's now just overtaken Ross as a result. And you getting 23 points has certainly put a bit of a gap between you and Grant, so you're avoiding the bottom of the table at this stage. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan Axel Davidson, you're two points ahead, mate. Don't don't get too comfortable. <laughs> I so it looks like we've got a quite a quite a very tight contest between the second and third places and obviously between you, Grant, Dan, and Stephen. So it could easily all just turn on its head pretty quickly. Very, very much good. Anything can happen in the draft. Mm-hmm. But uh, now we've got to go to the section which I think most of us dread at this point. And unfortunately for you, Scott, you've got the the distinct honour of going through our top five for the Listeners League this week. So on that note, I will hand it over to you. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm born and ready to go for this one. First, I'd like to acknowledge a couple of losers down at the bottom. Two former listeners league winners. We have GP with Basil as a tough white. You know, this is what you yeah. deserve for being so harsh to our Queen of Spades. And then we have Adam Kelly. Nobody reads Brit Rest reviews. Again, Adam, if you're the one writing them, probably they don't. Uh, both down at the bottom here. And poor, poor Anthony Fitzpatrick. I know, I know, good, good guy, good guy. He's unfortunately been dried down to their level with his team cooked up on Tony's I do not know what the fuck that is <laughs> I'm not going to read the rest of that 
<laughs> yeah, probably best you don't say that team name. <laughs> go on, go on, Anthony. Yeah, you're better than that. Well, let's go to the actual top five, and we have, you know, there's a few things I can't stand. People being intolerant of other people's cultures and a Dutchman in the Listeners League. But that's what we've got at number five, Tom Brock. <laughs> the second stage, bigger than Shugs, uh, on 110 points. Then we have Craig Forsyth, a man who I believe is a Listeners League regular. He who has, who knows at this point. I'm the same there, Craig, 150. 111 and a half points he's got. Then I jump ahead to Johnny Adam with last minute picks. Well, those last minute picks are helping Johnny out as he remains in third with 125 points. We have Stuart with Pussy with Conrad.com, 128 points. But who cares about any of that? Number one, 137 points. Hail to the bus driver. Bus driver, man. Ron Wilson, the artist formerly known as David Gamble, is proving a clear point to us all that anyone of us, any one of us, can go down to the Listeners League and run Russia over that place. David Campbell is going to win this Listeners League. He's going to come back to the draft where he belongs in the main league. And he wanted me to inform you that he hopes you're listening yet because he's going to make sure that he remains the one true goat. Because yes, yes, yeah, you may have won three. Season, the first one you might become the first person went back to back and the first person to win four seasons, but yeah, these were all single seasons. David Campbell's way on his way proving he's a true goat because he wants to win a single season, a tag team season, and the listeners' league. Uh, accolade that no one else will have other than him when he wins this listeners' league. So you just bear that in mind when the goat comes back. But yeah, he's on 137 points. Uh, who's he got in his team? Let's talk about the glorious team that David Campbell is bringing with him. Uh, oh, there he is. He's got Bailey as his captain, of course. He's no got Rawls, the Judgment Day. Okay, not entirely perfect because Judgment Day are the lowest scoring Raw pick right now, but they're frequently on Raw. He's got Carry Cross, Asuka, and Braun Breaker. This is the team that he is looking to help him uh, return his rightful place in the league. And his main contender is Stuart right now. Stuart has Drew McIntyre as his captain. It's Dakota Kai, Jade Cargill, also carrying Cross. Grombreaker and the acclaim. Clearly, Stuart is into a bit of scissoring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was genuinely shocked when I found out that Ron Wilson uh, is the GOAT David Campbell, but you should have known straight away when picking Bailey as his team captain, because he, you know, he won a very, I think he won the very first season with Bailey on his team as well, and he's been. He's been preaching her for a good while, especially when he drafted them in with Sasha Banks as the golden role models for the pandemic season. But I suppose look look how that worked out for him. Yeah, I think Bailey's been on a few winning teams. I think the most notable, I believe, was when she was on Stephen Wilson's team during the first, you know, one of the first pandemic seasons from Mania to SummerSlam in twenty twenty when they were running Russia, uh, her and Sasha. But I knew it was David Campbell all along, mainly because he told me. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, like, I tried to play it going when I was on here. Oh, yes, this is Ron Wilson. I, I like the cut of this man's job trying to just play off like I'd pick someone at random. I remember jokingly mm. saying, who is this Ron Wilson? Is he the Ezekiel to Stevens Elias? To which I, I got an angry message from David Campbell saying, how dare you refer to me as Ezekiel? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anything, I should be referring to him as, as the, the Nicky A.S.H. of, uh, of ESSR because, I mean, he's won singles titles, there's won tag team titles and now he's been relegated to the 24-7 division here, which he is surprisingly running running roughshod with here. So, 
I mean, you tell him I said that, and then we'll see how he responds. Oh, sure, he'll listen. He he listens to this show. He's a loyal SDL man all the way. And, you know, again, he's proving a point he's been saying all along. It's the same reason we're doing this whole Listener's League team a beat here. Like, it's easy. Like, you just you have your pick of the whole run. Like, and how some of these guys are on, like, JP's on 74 points while, he, while uh, David Campbell's on 137. How can you be so far down? How can be that much of a gap? When you, you have your pick of the entire fucking litter. Like, <laughs> he's proving a point he's been saying all along, and he's going to win it, and he's going to come back, and automatically, no matter where he places, he's probably going to be the best listeners' league. Uh, he's going to probably finish the best of any listeners' league winner by default because he is David Campbell and he is the GOAT. <laughs> yeah, and just as you said earlier, you know, he is a loyal listener, so we probably shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be slagging him off. But, you know, they say never trust a GOAT, so. I'll um, I'll reserve what, who, my judgment on this, this one. Who, who says this? Why did I go <laughs> break your did I go break your heart one time, Dave? Maybe once, but uh, stop doing uh, things. Nonetheless, dirty let's, bastards. let's move on. You know, we've got plenty of time to talk about David Campbell another day. But Scott, we're at the halfway point of the the season now. You know, Clash of the Castles in the past. Now, let's do a quick uh, recap of our player performance thus far just to round things off. And at the moment, Jack is sitting at the top of the table pretty pretty comfortably at the minute, um, largely because all of his picks are currently sitting on double-digit points here, and he's the only player to do so at this stage. But we still have a couple of zeros across the board, one particularly being from Gary, who was drafting first. Uh, he picked Adam Cole as his third-round pick, and he's currently sitting on zero. He's been out with concussion and injury. And then there's also the case with Ryan Dalgleish, who <laughs> rather stupidly went for Banks and Naomi as a as a gamble. And lo and behold, they've yet to show up. So hey, meanwhile, well, there it's, won- the it's, it's the halfway point of the season. It's the halfway. Like we, when they announced the, there's going to be tie team the titles were coming back because we because it was like the night before. The second row of the season after the like, second row after SummerSlam, so we knew the tag titles were coming back. When the tag titles were announced, you can't blame them for assuming that they were going to come back. Mm. But looking across the board here, Scott, is there anybody you see that you think is either underperforming or overperforming? Well, I think Jack is very much overperforming because he's still oh, yeah, other things yeah. but. I like, I just like to say that I'm underperforming given some of the picks that I made and what I thought was going to happen. Like, I remember when Jungle Boy and the the Jungle Boy, uh, <laughs> when the whole Jungle Boy angle with uh, with Christian happened and Luchasaurus all out, and I thought, oh, this is actually a big good bit of storytelling here where Luchasaurus he was this, he was never on Jungle Boy side. Then I realized, like, oh damn, I fucking got Jungle Boy, which meant I lost points by by default. So uh, there was that. Uh, in terms of other people, I think Dan is very much overperforming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. you got to thank the, the Usos and Wardlow uh, for that. Maybe, maybe even say Jade Cargill. You know, with our undefeated TBS Women's Title run. Well, the Usos, I don't think, haven't really rested that much uh, in the last few weeks. They mainly been appearing. Wardlow, uh, I think, has wrestled more frequently. Jade, I think, has got another. A TBS tail defense coming up at Grand Slam, so there's some points there. I think Ridley, even though he's on double digits, and I think he was wrestling last night. 
like by default, one of the lower picks is like Rikishi. Like the Heat Alliance even got a win on NXT. So like you said, Dan, some of them, one of the picks, one of these picks may not be on double, but much like Jack, at least he's got like decent points for each of his uh, mm-hmm. picks so far. Just Dan and like Stokely Hathaway with this, the firm, like and all these guys involved in it, he's going to be like popping up all over the shop. Yeah, but um. There is one that is uh, sticking out to me like a sore thumb here. Uh, Ryan Gallagher, he's having a bit of a, a juggernaut season with Dakota Kai as his team captain. You know, she's on 73 points. He, he also has The Miz, who surprisingly was his first round pick. And, and I'm a bit baffled by that. But he's on 16 and a half. And then his third round pick, Montez Ford, is on 19 and a half. But the rest of his team, the AEW selectives, are... Anna Jane, they acclaimed, both on four, and Danhausen, who's on eight. Is this giving you um is this giving you vibes of what Ross had with the the big E juggernaut team this time last year? Well, not, in, not entirely. I mean, yeah, the hot guys performed even better than I think anyone thought I even though we knew she'd be at a hot commodity, but I do think he's got some other picks that will help him. Like Miz is always on TV. And I think the acclaimed, I think everybody believes that the acclaimed are going to win those tie titles at Grand Slam from Swerving Our Glory. But when you hear how just how popular they are and how quickly Tony Khan decided to, to book the rematch. So I actually think that when if the acclaimed win the tag titles, I think that'll actually add on to his team and add another like player. You know, it's not all relying on Dakota Kai because sometimes relying on one person really helps you, but sometimes. That unfortunately lets you down as well. So if he has the acclaim to fall back on as well with a couple of title defences this season, because don't forget we've also got full gear coming up. So mm-hmm. say they win here at Grand Slam and they have a successful pay-per-view title defence uh, on the pay-per-view, that's extra pay-per-view points added to Ryan. Could help him break out from third place into second and maybe keep up on Jack in first. Yep. Uh, just one last point before we wrap up. Um, something I've noticed about Jack's team is that he has picked entirely WWE and NXT performers, whereas everybody else is a mix of WWE, uh, NXT, and AEW picks. Do you think that is potentially the winning formula going forward now that, you know, Triple H is more in control of WWE and, you know, some of these underused talents might get a bit more screen time? Well, we do have another takeover this uh, season, as it said, October 22nd is when uh, the next takeover, which will be Halloween Havoc, is happening. So mm-hmm. it helps with, with Jack having uh, the women's tag champ and the women's champion for NXT and his team. But I think he's done the again another sooner so we see how the landscape changes for NXT because apparently they've taken the next two weeks still kind of using that colour scheme. So it's not going to be an immediate change to this new golden white thing. So uh, I think you need to give it another sooner so we see how the landscape changes under Triple H back in control of NXT. But I don't know. I think it was it wasn't entirely at all unwise for people to choose AEW, given like as a, as a we got like two AEW pay per views and this big Grand Slam Stadium show during the season. So you know, getting some big players who you know will be featured on those shows, you know, wasn't a bad show. I think it's just the picks that he happened to choose, despite being in last place, like and mm-hmm. maybe slipped by some people, and the fact that he took advantage of this nature to take the US and Intercontinental Champions, which if you remember Ryan Gallagher himself. Uh, had a strong run in one of his on the, in his first season after the Goat Tones one, where he picked the then US Intercontinental Champions, and that for a, for a while in that season at least really helped keep him in a top contender position. Uh-huh. 
Well, it sounds like the snake draft combined with, you know, Triple H's direction going forward may prove to be a, a winning strategy going forward. I mean, it's certainly working for Jack at this stage, but I think we'll have to wait for the, the second half of the season to unfold to see what happens there. And we'll see if that trend continues to the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania seasons, uh, which lie ahead. But that's uh, going to do it. For- but before we go, Dave, I want to ask about the snake draft. Is there something to keep up in my head? Is it just me that seems to think that it feels like the, the snake draft really helps, more so helps the guy who's picking in the last place rather than when it goes back to the other end to the guy who's picking in first? Because like, you get to pick two picks very close together, but it seems to be people like in Jack's position who get to take advantage of it, whereas it feels like whenever it finally comes back to the person in first, they feel like it almost feels gets to the point where like they're trying to think, oh, who's left here at this stage? And mm. Snake Draft doesn't entirely benefit them as you'd think it would. Well, I mean, Ryan Gallagher could have easily have chosen Bobby Lashley or Gunther uh, over The Miz. Uh, and I'm still, I still can't get that over my head. He chose The Miz in round one, who hasn't exactly lit the world on fire this season. Same with Ryan Dalgleish uh, picking Austin Theory as his number one pick. But obviously with Vince out the picture now, it's Austin Theory stocks dropped a little bit, you know, despite holding the Money in the Bank briefcase. So there was nothing that stopped the two Ryans from picking either mid-card champions. I think Jack just got a little bit lucky with the selection there. Well, you see about both Ryans having weird first-round picks. They both managed to get Dakota and Eo respectively in the second round. So, you know, I think anybody else uh, mm. after them, like Jack, could have picked Eo in that as a tag team and still also kept the, the lead that he has. But, you know, somehow they managed to pick weird first-round picks but then still get these two kind of juggernauts, as you would say, as their second-round picks that really helping them, like, stay strong at the top of the table. Yeah, I mean, that's keeping them there. If only they picked Lashley and Gunther, respectively, you know, they might just be ahead of Jack at this point. But, you know what, that's the risk you take with the draft, and Jack's capitalised on it, and he's sitting a good bit above the, the two of them. But, anyway... That's uh, that's going to do it for this week on Saturday Draft Live. Uh, we've got a second half of the season still to go, culminating at Survivor Series. It looks like the main event of Crown Jewel is also being set in motion with Roman Reigns allegedly set to defend against Logan Paul. So that could be easy points for Gary on the board. But um, we'll discuss that nearer the time as the as the angle unfolds. Uh, but all that's remained to be said is uh, thank you, Scott, for joining us today. Thank you very much. Make sure you subscribe to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet on all the platforms I mentioned earlier. And just as a little cherry on top, this is the number one show at Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. So make sure you listen in every Saturday for the best content of our fantasy draft. I've been David Hockney, and we will see you next time. There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in this show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown.